is it me or does it seem like everything that has to do with the current administration, you know, I'm talking about the regime of the former vice president, Joe Biden, is embarrassing. Case in point, the celebration of the departure of Joe Biden's current chief of staff, Ron Klain, and the ridiculousness of this situation is not just the lack of comportment by Ron Klain, but the absolute asinine things he said as part of this farewell. I learned everything I know about how to be a good father from Joe Biden. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. He is the best father I know and the best role model I know. And along the way, he's taught me a thing or two about politics and policy as well. Wow, Ron, besides uh, being a blubbering idiot, nothing wrong with emotion. But man, push yourself together, pull yourself together. Then claiming publicly that you learned parenting skills from Joe Biden and he's the best example of that that you can think of. Wow. Just a quick reminder for those of you who may have forgotten back in 2019, there's a diary of one Ashley Biden, the only child of Jill and Joe Biden, of a diary that she left while she was recovering. Well, she recounts uh, certain alleged things that happened to her by a family member, according to an alleged entry in an alleged diary. I have always been boy crazy. Hyper at a young age. I remember somewhat being, you know, (laughs) with a family member. I remember having that with friends at a young age. Showers with, yeah, you know who. Probably not appropriate. Oh, but maybe his, maybe his other son. I mean, his other son is no longer alive. But let's talk about his other son who is alive. You know, the one who is a drug addict, also is a sex addict, hooked up with his sister-in-law, has a laptop that's always in the news, and is being investigated. If that's good parenting, <laughs> I'd hate to see his definition of bad parenting. All right, folks. Let's get this started. And let's have someone who's an excellent parent do our introduction. Of course, that would be my lovely wife of almost 26 years and the mother of all my children, Mrs. BCP. Welcome to Open Source News. Please like, share, and subscribe and hit the notification bell so you don't miss a thing. Have a blessed day. It is Henrik Johan Ibsen who is credited with the old age adage and saying that a picture is worth a thousand words. If that's the case, then in the modern era of video clips, 
video, I've often wondered how many words that may be worth. Now on this show, I often tell you the news, read you quotes or what have you, but sometimes there's power in seeing it for yourself. For instance, let me start off with the first clip I want to share with you, and it's this. Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about the subpoena power this week on Capitol Hill. Now remember, Nancy Pelosi made sure that she had no assignments on any committees and stripped her of that opportunity. We also know that the Democrats with January 6th and other fake faux investigations abused that power. Now the Democrats, now that the tables have turned, are screaming bloody murder on the power of subpoenas. How dare you subpoena Hunter and Joe Biden and Merrick Garland and and Chris Ray and all the other people that have been and will be subpoenaed, calling it political partisanship. Yes, they say things like that with a straight face. Now, MTG broke down a very, very innocent victim of the subpoena abuses by the Democrats. I never had any idea, I didn't know about this, that this particular individual had been targeted this many times by partisan Democrats. This is MTG talking about that and how she believes that the new Republican majority will not be abusing the subpoena power. Chair recognizes the gentlelady from Georgia, Ms. Green. Committee that after two years of a very heavy, controlled um, hand here in Congress and on committees where Republicans didn't have a voice, um, I in particular had no voice, having no committees being stripped of them by um, our former Speaker and, and Democrats in Congress. I think it's also important to point out that as far as subpoenas are concerned and bringing up President Trump and how his family has been treated by Democrats, um, Eric Trump in particular has been subpoenaed over 400 times and has never broken a law. So I think, I think subpoena power is extremely important because the Democrats have proven what they do with subpoena power, especially with the January 6th committee. And I think we can trust Republicans on this committee and our new chairman, uh, Jamie Comer, to do a great job with it. I yield back. 400 subpoenas of Eric Trump. Wow, I had no idea the number was that big. And Eric's not even like involved like Don Jr. is in the politics. He was just running his business. Oh, but of course his wife, Laura Trump, was a big part of the campaign and working with her father-in-law. So they had to go after Eric. Talk about abuse of subpoena power. I can sit here and tell you that the Democrats are Marxist socialists who hate America, but it's probably better to show it to you. This is went this is what went down this week over the pledge of allegiance before meetings. This is the this is what happened regarding pushback by the Democrats when it came to the pledge of allegiance, featuring one of our stalwart MAGA America First Congressman Matt Gates. 
Mr. Gates is recognized to uh, explain his amendment. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Here on the August Judiciary Committee, we are charged with vindicating the constitutional rights of our fellow Americans, and the national or, and our Pledge of Allegiance is a national symbol of pride and unity. And it was a great honor to be able to invite one of my constituents this morning to offer the Pledge of Allegiance. And so my amendment uh, gives uh, the committee the opportunity to begin each of its meetings with the Pledge of Allegiance. It gives our members the ability to invite inspirational constituents to be able to share and lead in the Pledge of Allegiance. I offered this amendment to the judiciary rules two years ago, and it was defeated. And I'm very optimistic that we'll have a different outcome today. That's the amendment, Mr. Chairman. Simple. Bipartisan. Let's just have a Pledge of Allegiance and let's invite our constituents to take part in this great patriotic that used to be a bipartisan, nonpartisan, not controversial thing to say the Pledge of Allegiance. And let's let a little bit of participatory government take place by having constituents offer that Pledge of Allegiance. You didn't think it was going to go over very well with the Democrats or not be opposed, did you? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. So I'd like to offer an amendment to the amendment, uh, adding in the second paragraph where the chair may designate an individual to lead the Pledge of Allegiance to add the following language. Provided, however, the pledge shall not be led by an individual who supported an insurrection against the government of the United States in any way. Because I think if we adopt this amendment, then we will be truthful in, in representing that stating this pledge is an affirmation of your defense of democracy and the Constitution. It's hard to take that claim seriously if, in fact, an individual who in any way supported an insurrection against the government of the United States is allowed to lead the pledge. So I would ask Mr. Gates to accept this friendly amendment, and I look forward to supporting it. Would the gentleman yield for I first a ask question? Mr. Gates if he'll support the amendment. Are the Democrats afraid that Floridian Congressman Matt Gates might invite Donald John Trump, a fellow Floridian, to come on the Judiciary Committee and offer a Pledge of Allegiance? Wow, what an amendment. To make sure that someone who led an insurrection against the United States doesn't make a mockery of the Pledge of Allegiance and stand before this committee with their hand over their heart claiming to support the Constitution. Listen closely to what Matt Gates says next. I like Matt Gates. He's quick on his feet. He's very sharp. And here is Matt Gates for the win. Mr. Cicilline, I, I, I my concern would be if your definition of an insurrection is objecting to electors, then there would be many Democrats 
on the committee that wouldn't be eligible to lead the pledge since so many that, That's objected. not my definition of I mean, the, the last Republican president I'll to get concede, sworn in absent I'll Democrat allow, objectors was George Herbert Mr. Walker Bush. My t- <laughs> uh, good job, Matt. Good job, Mr. Gates, Representative Gates. And as usual, Democrats don't like things thrown in their face, their hypocrisy. They have to talk over you because they can't argue their point otherwise. I'm asking Mr. Gates, will you now accept the amendment? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that, that you may be disqualifying too many of your own members, Mr. Cicilline. I'm not concerned about that at all. Then agree to the amendment. I'm, not talking, I'm talking about elected officials who swear an oath to the Constitution of the United States who in any way participated, supported, facilitated, encouraged the insurrection against the government of the United States. That's not too hard a standard. And if you are not prepared to agree that before you have the honor of leading the Pledge of Allegiance before this committee, at a bare minimum, you've demonstrated a commitment to protecting and securing our democracy, I can't support it. So, Mr. Gates, uh, yeah, I Mr. know Cicilline, as a lover you, of the you, Constitution, you welcome this a, amendment. A dear lover of it. Mr. Cicilline, the, you've described the amendment in two different terms. The words have changed. Facilitate wasn't in your original description. It was in the second one. So if you'd like to write out your amendment pursuant to the order of the committee, uh, we can all take a look at it. Yeah, they feign to love the Constitution as the Democrats over and over again disrespect it, defecate on it, and fight back against it. And anything that has to do with patriotism. They spent like a half an hour, an hour or something like that on the debate before they even got started over the Pledge of Allegiance. How do I show you that the Democrats hate America and hate patriotism? Well, there's one example. Since we're talking about elected officials being Marxists and social, uh, socialists and Democrats. How about this exchange where Mad Maxine Waters denies that she's a socialist? But once again, we got Chip Roy delivering the truth and making her eat her own words. Now, we can go around and around in circles about trying to talk about and defining socialism, but... At, 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 a, at its core, I was intrigued by an op-ed that I saw not too long ago uh, by a Democrat from Cuba commenting on one of our colleagues, an avowed socialist, um, and, and essentially pointing out the extent to which uh, democratic socialism is a lot like the system my family fled, except its proponents promised to be nicer when seizing your business. And that's the truth. That's the truth here. And so we can talk about these terms as if they don't matter, but they do. They do matter. They're, they're actually at the core of who we are. I've got one question for, for the ranking member, uh, ranking member Waters. In a 2008 hearing, you said, quote, and guess what this liberal will be all about? This liberal will be all about socializing, would be about basically taking over the government and the government running all of your companies, end quote. So simple question, do you stand by that statement? Chip Roy, using the Democrat definition of socialism, and then asking Maxine Waters, who made a socialist comment, if she is in fact a socialist. And then asking her, as part of the Rules Committee, if she stands by her own statements. Chip Roy, essentially, calling Maxine Waters a socialist, using her own words. Simple answer. I am here today 
in this rules committee because we're taking up time uh, with basically a non-issue. First of all, you claim that socialism has engulfed this country, that it keeps creeping, it's going to take over private businesses, et cetera, et cetera. That is not happening. We're in a democracy that we're trying very much to save and to not have disrupted, undermined in the way that... I thought Mad Maxine said that she had a simple answer to that question. Simple answer. Apparently, she doesn't know the meaning of the word simple. So then reclaiming my time, the the general lady denounces your previous statement then and do not accept that previous statement that you think you would take over these private businesses? I'm not a socialist. I'm a capitalist. Well, yeah, she is a capitalist when it comes to her making money. I would put her more in the crony capitalist, you know, where her friends or with her being on the banking committee and having inside information, she can make money. Her daughter makes money off her, her campaign, like a million dollars or half a million dollars. Oh, she's surely a capitalist when it comes to the money finding its way into her pocket and purse and that of her family. But yours? Oh, no, no, no. That's for the government to spend. But like all true Democrats, they, remember, this is a Saul Alinsky playbook. You have to accuse your opponents of what you're actually guilty of. And for some of you who have adopted certain kind of ways that you support what you now claim is socialism, I'm here to say to you, come on. So, so, the, so this liberal will be all about socializing, will be all about basically taking over and the government running all of your companies. You, 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 you disagree with that? You, you now denounce that statement. I am not a socialist. Okay. All right. So I, I appreciate um, the response. I, I, I think that to the, to the extent that one has a concern as a member of this body or as an American watching this, one has concerns when we hear statements like this, and that's not the only one, um, and statements by some of our colleagues on the other side of the aisle extolling the virtues of socialism. As I just pointed out, um, a, a, a nicer way of confiscating businesses, a nicer way of confiscate, confiscating the assets and the means of production. Ah, yes. Socialism by any other name. Good job, Chip Roy. And by the way, there's a book that a lot of people love. I think it's a good book. I don't think it's a great book, but definitely an interesting book. If you haven't read it, it's Ayn Rand's um, Atlas Shrugged. Just really read the first part of the the book. I find it to be more interesting than the second part. But it's interesting in that book what happens to captains of industry when the government wants to take it all over. Very, very interesting. If you haven't read the book, I won't spoil it for you. But there you go. Low IQ, Mad Maxine Waters. Now, I'm going to prove this to you again, folks, my brothers and sisters. By the way, I haven't uh, asked you to do this yet. But don't forget that we have a second sister YouTube channel. It's called the BCP Report, where my daughter reports the news. No commentary. She just gives you the news, just reports the news. Generally, gives, she gives you several news stories in eight minutes. Go over to our other channel. The link is down below, or you can go to bcpreport.com to check it out. And also uh, check out our uh, other show called BCP Unfiltered. 
You can catch it on Spotify on, uh, as a video or as a podcast or over at therealbcp.com or on any popular podcasting platform. Okay, once again, I could tell you that these people are socialists, but sometimes, often, it is just powerful to hear it uh, in their own voice. We have a stunning admission here from Democrat Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. Now, the Republicans wanted to pass resolution condemning socialist tyrants. And I kid you not, this is what Hakeem Jeffries said in opposition to those or that resolution. They bring to the floor of the House of Representatives today a resolution on socialism to condemn some dictators that we all condemn. But understand, the goal of this phony, fake, and fraudulent resolution is just to somehow provide cover for extreme MAGA Republicans to try to undermine an agenda that is designed to lift up the health, safety, and well-being of the American people. Wow. Hakeem Jeffries saying that the resolution to condemn socialism is bad because the MAGA Republicans, their scapegoat, which they don't realize is at this point most of the country or a, a majority of the country or a big part of the country. Take your pick. But you have Hakeem Jeffrey saying that the Republicans and their resolution to stop socialist tyrants is essentially the ulterior motive is to stop the Democrat agenda. Therefore, the Democrat agenda must be socialist. Wow. Absolute wow. <sighs> Hakeem Jeffries is not a very impressive figure. You know what uh, What must suck is being in a position that you're not really, do you haven't really earned just because of identity politics. And I'm telling you this as a black American. That's one of the reasons why I love being an entrepreneur. One of the reasons why I liked things where you had to prove yourself with numbers. So for instance, when I was a vice president of the bank, uh, my branch did very well. And we met our goals. We exceeded our goals. That's why I got to go to Grand Cayman and you know other bank-sponsored trips and what have you. I was there not because, oh, we got to get James, one of our black VPs out there. No, but because the branch and the division and the region of which James, one of our vice presidents, was working, was crushing it in the banking business. But it must suck for Hakeem Jeffries, or maybe not. These sociopaths and Marxists don't really have the same sense of shame that us normal humans do. But I'm embarrassed for him as a black American. Looking like an idiot doesn't help our cause. But hey, that's all right. The guy in the Oval Office is a white guy <laughs> and he's an idiot too. This is Joe Biden on Friday 
given remarks on the January jobs report from the, by the way, the fake White House set in the South Court Auditorium. That's strange. What's that all about? He's asked if he takes any blame for inflation. Here's what high IQ Joe, lying Joe, dementia Joe, crooked Joe, China Joe, touchy-feely Joe, that great dad of Ashley and Hunter Joe had to say to that. Do you take any blame for inflation, Mr. President? Are taking blame for inflation? No. Why not? Because it was already there when I got here, man. Remember what the economy was like when I got here? Jobs were hemorrhaging. Inflation was rising. We weren't manufacturing a damn thing here. We were in real economic difficulty. That's why I don't. Thank you. Joey, do you think you're Donald Trump? Everything you just described is what Donald Trump did, not you. But, you know, there, there's this, this, this small little thing that Joe Biden and the Democrats and all the people of their ilk uh, forget. And it's a thing called facts. Let's look at inflation. Let's look at inflation uh, under President Trump. Look at this graph. The red is him. Going up and down, up and down, up and down. Takes a a precipitous fall in 2020. It creeps up a little bit, but it was on its way back up eh, a little bit. And then compare that to the blue line of Biden. I mean, come on, man. Inflation was at 1.4% under President Trump. And if we go under the fake number that they give us under Joe Biden, they say it's like seven or eight or nine percent when it's more than that. Absolute ridiculousness. And they get away with these lies over and over again. All right, let's leave Washington, but not go too far away from Washington. And let's go over to Governor Yunkin of Virginia, one of the people that is being whispered may be a future president or presidential candidate. This is what he said in fighting back against the Chinese Communist Party and a topic that we've talked a lot about on this program, the Chinese having farms and having too much influence and ownership of natural resources and putting at danger our sovereignty and security. This is what Governor Yunkin said this week in a video that he put out further asserting his stance that it's unreasonable to allow the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, to have their hands in important parts of our American society and infrastructure. Made in Virginia cannot be a front for the Chinese Communist Party. Virginians, not the CCP, should own the rich and vibrant agricultural lands God has blessed us with. One of the reasons why you're going to see me covering Governor Youngkin when he has good news like this, or Nikki Haley, or Ron DeSantis, or what have you, is because I want you to realize 
that there are people that will be challenging President Trump in the primaries coming up next year. And I don't want you to be blindsided by why some people may be getting off the Trump train and jumping onto these other individuals. That's something we're not going to do, but I'll get into that in a second. That is why I'm asking this General Assembly to send me a bill to prohibit dangerous foreign entities tied to the CCP from purchasing Virginia's farmland. Friends, that's common sense. Yes, folks, I realize it's a political ad, but it's a very powerful one because it's a governor who is looking out for his state. Imagine that. What would that be? State populism? Now, one thing you're going to be finding on here, folks, let me tell you right up front, if you're new around here, we are a Trump train channel that gets us in trouble and it doesn't win us any favors for the powers that be and people that have their finger on the scale and can affect our viewership and how much distribution this channel and these videos get organically. It doesn't get it. I was watching a video of someone breaking down supposedly how much I make on YouTube There's been a couple of those videos out there. How much does Black Sort of Patriot make on YouTube? And one of them from a few years ago talked about how I on average got 320,000 views a day. Wow. Then there was one a few years later, maybe the next year, I don't know, a few years later says, Black Sort of Patriot gets 120,000 views a day, I think is what what they did. (laughs) Imagine, that would be great if I got 120,000 views a day. Now, I say all that to say this. We are not going to stop our MAGA America First opinions. I am not going to shift away from my support of the greatest president of my lifetime, Donald John Trump. And he is who I want to show you here in a few clips of why we love President Trump. I could tell you that President Trump Regardless of all the animus and fake news about him and how he's a Hitler and he's a fascist and a, and a tyrant and a Nazi, whatever they call him, one of the reasons why I totally appreciate and love President Trump is because he loves his fellow countrymen and he loves the world and he values life and humanity. I could tell you that. But once again, the point of this episode is to show it to you so you can see it for yourself. Here's President Trump with an ex- in an exclusive one-on-one a few days ago with Right Side Broadcasting Network. Under your administration, there was world peace. We didn't have all this chaos in the world. Um, now it seems like it's escalating even to Crimea is even in the question. And it's something so sad to see because no matter what happens now, it can never be like it could have been with nobody dead and with no cities demolished. Because you look at some of these cities, they're absolutely in ashes. This uh, one city, they were flying over it. There was not one building standing. The humanity of President Trump. He is heartbroken. He is touched. He is devastated by the devastation of the people dying in this conflict. You don't hear this from the warmongering Democrats, neolibs. You don't hear it from the rhino neocons. They talk about how they must do this and that. But President Trump, this is not the first time, and it's not the first time I've covered it in the last several weeks. President Trump is saddened by the 
amount of death and destruction. And he goes in this interview and others in the past as well talk about how those numbers are being downplayed. There's a lot more casualties, a lot more human suffering than is being reported. And here's another example of why I love President Trump. He sees the humanity and the suffering, regardless of which side it is, that's suffering in this conflict. What's happening is a horror. It's a horror. And far more people are being killed than what they're talking about. You know, I feel horribly for the people of Ukraine. I feel horribly for the people of Russia. I mean, they're all, everybody's suffering. And it's got to get solved. Talking about the suffering of the people in Russia. The Russians are suffering. The Russian soldiers are suffering. There's casualties on both sides. The humanity that President Trump worries about and is concerned for is quite moving and touching because I feel the same exact way and we don't see it from these murderous, bloodthirsty, war-loving, money-making rat bastards in D.C. and throughout the world who love misery and power and control. And President Trump, you can see it's heartfelt, doesn't feel that way. By the way, the question was how he would solve it. So the question wasn't even how you feel about this. President Trump came and in his interview of his own volition and accord came out and said these things because he cares about humanity. All right, last week, I showed this to you last weekend during the rallies of President Trump in New Hampshire and South Carolina. He stopped by a... I, guess, I think it's a mom and pop, but it's a small business ice cream place. And one of the employees asked President Trump if she could pray with him. And this is what happened. Okay, last weekend you were in Columbia, South Carolina. And after your great leadership uh, uh, segment where you rolled out the, your team there, um, you made a stop at a local ice cream uh, business there. And, and, and you had a moment where an employee took time and asked if they could pray for you. And she said a small prayer over you and your campaign. Thank you very much. So you recommend his food, right? Yes, sir. You care about prayer? Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Lord, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you just help him in this presidency. How does that make you feel that America is literally praying for your safety and they're praying for this country and that you get back in the White House. What a great woman. She said, may I pray for you? And I sort of said, what? You know, we're standing in the <laughs> middle of this place. And it was a nice place with a wonderful owner and wife and uh, very proud of it and crowded. And there was a lot of love. There was all love. I don't know if you were there. It was great. It was all love. All love. All love. Contrast the MAGA movement with the socialist Democrats. Socialist Democrats, by any other name, they're still the same Marxist bastards. But just make the comparison. Have you been to a Trump rally? I've been to several now. Have you been to MAGA events? I've been to several. Have you been to any of my BCP meetups? Have you been to a place where there's other Trump supporting and loving patriots. It's about love. Love for your country. Love for your fellow countrymen. There's love for 
world and world peace, love for people in the world, and the great president who didn't get us into any new conflicts and start strife and murder and killing and destruction. There is love in the, I know it sounds hippie to some people, folks, but President Trump is saying it himself. He feels that love from America and Americans. Isn't that the kind of president we want? Not one that hates us and makes enemies of MAGA Republicans and many of his constituents, most of his constituents. This is why we love President Trump. He is all for humanity and he's happy for the success of this small business and the people and the happiness and the joy that comes from entrepreneurship and capitalism and good feelings and just American culture. Even if you don't like the policies of President Trump, which I find impossible that anyone, I really, it's mind boggling to me that anyone opposes the great policies of President Trump and the true Republican platform. But my goodness, just for the humanity that President Trump displayed and continues displaying is reason enough to want him back in the White House. There wasn't somebody in the back of the room doing bad things. It was just pure love for the country and for the former president. It was incredible, actually, to see. But the one woman wanted to pray, and she did. And I guess that got a lot of publicity. It went viral. There were a lot of, yeah, there were a lot of cameras going when she was doing it. And she was terrific. No, it makes you feel very good. And it makes you also feel good to see a business like that where it's safe and secure, and the food's good, and all of those things. Yeah as opposed to the other alternative, which is no good. Man, do I have a huge respect and admiration for Donald John Trump as a president, but mostly as just a decent American. All right, folks, here's the ultimate humanity of President Trump. They have this uh, five for, they had this five for 45 where they ended the interview with rapid fire succession of these questions that had nothing to do with politics. A lot of questions having to do with golf. This was the best golf question asked of President Trump and what a great answer. Uh, if you could play a round of golf with anyone dead or alive, who would that be? My father. There you go. He would play a round of golf with his father, Fred Trump, who obviously taught him how to be a decent man, a hardworking man, a smart man, and a lover of America and her many opportunities that she bestows upon all of hers. Thank you, folks, uh, for being here. If after watching these clips, you don't love President Trump like we do, then I don't think it has anything to do with policy. Maybe you've got Trump derangement syndrome. But if you don't have a respect and admiration for President Trump after these clips and my breakdown, then I think you'll just never get it. Thanks for being here, folks. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye. God bless. Thanks for joining us on Open Source News. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and turn on that notifications bell so you don't miss a thing.